shorts and flip-flops. Shorts and flip-flops. That is essentially what I've been wearing for the last... What do you think? 10 days? Best part of two weeks. I wasn't on holiday for all of that time. Try to clear this down. Uno momento. But I was off work. I was off work for about two weeks. I think you realise you turn a corner in life when you start. You start making comfort and practicality or your, your primary criteria for, for clothes. I haven't taken it too far. I think I'll be sort of wearing a toga or a kilt or something if, um, if I had my way. So I've, I've main, maintained some sense, of, some sense of a societal norm shorts and flip-flops but it is really comfort and comfort and practicality I'd say at home it's it's trainers shorts fine I, I don't mind the flip oh, well it's even worse than flip-flops it's, it's worse than flip-flops it's sliders which I know is illegal in like 20 counties but I do wear sliders I even you know what's coming I even every now and then when the universe aligns properly I even wear socks and sliders for a maximum of nipping into the little Tesco but still I do I do venture out into the wilds of the public in socks and sliders every now and then. I'm a barbarian, I don't know what to tell you. The reason I don't do the sliders as much as I do when I'm on holiday is because I'm not... On holiday, I'm much more in the white. Whereas even when I'm at home and I'm not working, I still want the that that yellow to amber practicality of the running trainers. That's why they're my go-to option. Just a bit more versatile. Chasing after the dog or one of my kids or, or the ice cream truck or whatever it might be. I want that that practicality of the, the trainers and the comfort of the shorts and the t-shirt. I've recently switched my t-shirts as well. Wasn't planning on spending as long on this, by the way, but switched my t-shirts recently to all that, what do you call it, like, uh, um, is it nylon? It's a synthetic material, sort of quick drying. It's not, not like compression top material. It's, it's thicker than that. They're sort of like walking 
t-shirts there. Sort of light, breezy, super comfortable. Moved away from cotton. Don't want that shit in my life anymore. I'm, I get warm and warmth and cotton, I've come to realize at this ripe old age, don't go together. So I wear the super comfy, shimmery, I'm pretty sure they're nylon. If you were to Google a walk-in t-shirt, which is what I Googled, well, what I put on Amazon to buy them, you will see what I mean. You, you probably know the thing I mean. Could not recommend them more highly if practicality and comfort and some some relic of style is your is your objective. I do I do put nice a nice shirt on every now and then. I don't want you to think I'm ambling around, never never putting anything close to a whistle on. The reason I mention that is because I don't really notice the discomfort of the kit normally. But today I was walking around, I was constantly adjusting my belt, adjusting the armour, moving things, shifting plates around. I was thinking something's not right with this. Um, moving the t- I moved the taser quite a lot anyway. I moved the taser from, I got, um, I got my hip when I'm in the car or sat down anywhere and then as I get out I sort of rack it to the front just because I my asp sits behind the taser and with the taser on the hip the asp's then right round right round the sort of almost on my, on my back sort of thing um, so I tend to tend to rotate it round anyway but today I was shifting things around certain things were not right Things weren't sitting okay. I could feel, I could feel the, the weight of my boots. I got those, I got those uh, PSU boots. You know, the big, thick, heavy, um, horrible substances, resistant ones. And I could feel the weight of them. I never, never do that normally. And I thought it has to be because for the last two weeks I've been wearing minimal attire that is all built for comfort. And maybe that is why I like the comfort because the uniform is not that comfortable although it's it's not too bad I think that there's there's worse out there there's worse I've seen than what my force uses but it's still not still not a vest and budgie smugglers is it The holiday was good. It's a good time, really good time. Had that classic thing of didn't realise how much I needed to stop and breathe a little bit until I was actually doing so. I think the the momentum of life just propels us forward, doesn't it, day after day. And particularly when you're in circumstances like mine, we've got children mortgage and things like that you've got real responsibilities outside the the sphere of yourself so there is no there's no option to fuck it off you've you've got to keep pushing I 
feel for those people actually who who are doing that and they're doing it for something that doesn't provide them with meaning. It's a real fear of mine growing up. I, I, I grew up in a kind of The Office is my favourite show. The UK Office of Ricky Gervais is my favourite show. Uh, I didn't get it when it first came out. I, ca- I came to it about 10 years later. So, around the 2010 mark, 2000, 2011, 2012, was when it was first, I first gave it another try. One of a really good friend of mine said, you've got to give this a go. I think, I think you'll find the humour uh, hilarious. And... I watched it and and I got it. And I think it was one of those situations where because my friend was so enthusiastic about it and he had such a great take on the, the style of comedy that was being used that I thought of. I trusted his opinion. I thought, I've got to give, it, I'll give this another go. But the reason I love it, and when I say I love it, I don't just mean it's my favourite show. I mean... It's my favourite thing that's ever been created. I know that sounds like a huge statement to make. You've got like the Sistine Chapel and Stonehenge in the mix, but for me, The Office is is just perfect because it encapsulated all of my fear. Not all, actually. That's not that's not quite true. But what, one of the most powerful fears I had as a as a child, and that that was the fear of being like the adults I could see around me, who who did things because that's just what they did. And sort of fell into situations that. Sorry, I was just looking at something. Uh, uh, fell into situations that they they had no plan to be in. They didn't wake up one day and think, "This is my master plan. I'm going to work here on this thing." They just fell through the stages of life and landed where they landed, and. That was perfectly acceptable because everyone they had ever known had done that as well. And they just lived this kind of grey existence, day after day, month after month. Imagine I plugged weeks in there as well. Month after month, year after year, until they died. This terrified me as a child. I I didn't really know why. I just looked at these these people and thought there's got to be more than this, hasn't there? There's got to be more than living for five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Looking back on it. It's not as though uh, the 
people I was looking at, the people I'm thinking back on now, didn't have reasonable jobs that that need to be done. But they were they were not doing those jobs because they they had they had an innate passion for the substance of that vocation. They were doing it because they happened to arrive there one day. Lived an intentionless life. That is not what I wanted. And what what is so brilliant about the office is you have a you have a man who's done that. But there's one additional fact about him that, that most people who are in that situation, certainly the people that I was exposed to growing up, they don't have. So David Brent has insight into his own shortcomings. And the show, the show is about him trying to close the gap by illusion, outright lie, uh, spin between what he is and what he wanted to be or what he thought he perhaps could be. And it it turns out, so the show proved, that the, the agony of that is really quite funny. So I do feel for those people who who live in a similar rotation to me where they have they have responsibilities and they have bills that need to be paid, children that need to be looked after. And they have a job that they need to do. And yet they don't derive meaning from those things. Thinking about it, I I was I used to be, until I met my wife actually, terrified of having children. Because most, to the exclusion of my my mum and dad, most of the adults that I saw around me. They had children, but weren't parents, really. They, they again, stumbled into that way of being. That was just what happened. Oh, yeah, she's in the club again, I think, in February, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think, how can... How can you have stuff that this is this important going on? You take no meaning from it whatsoever. I can only assume it's because this is not what you want. This is not the life that you want to want to live. And that's what drove me as a, as a, as a young man to think I need whatever I do. I need I need a life that. that has the things I do ascribe meaning onto my existence. 
Now, now it turns out that that meaning is also, well, I think anyway, it's precisely what you need to deal with the, the suffering of life. Now, I've talked about this before, so I won't, won't labour this point, but as you, as you get older, you, you realise that the, the baseline fact of life, the, the thing that is true for all of us, is that life is incredibly hard will be peppered if not stuffed full of misery and suffering and there's no way around this fact you can't uh, you can't run off to an island somewhere and say that's it I'm, I'm picking these coconuts and weaving baskets and Drinking the Water, Moana's a great film, and that's going to make me happy. Happiness, in, in a way, is, is a kind of cheap objective. Uh, it's, it sort of flickers in and out of existence. It's, it's quite brief when it does occur. What is far more common is, is hardship, is difficulty. We are, we are, we are a broken creature in many ways. We're, we're full of faults. As I'm so fond of saying, we're half a chromosome away from a chimpanzee. We're, we're a tribal animal. It's, it's not a surprise that there is so much disorder. But it is meaning that makes that that disorder bearable. God, this is really not where I wanted to go. This is this was just meant to be an opener about the uniform and a funny observation about it feeling uncomfortable. But it's it's of course no different to when I when I hung it up in the locker two weeks ago. I'll try and do the point that I I wanted to discuss. It took me a long time to work out the difference between motivation and discipline. If you'd have asked me five years ago, seven years ago, yeah, five years ago, I would have said to you, I would have used those terms interchangeably. I would have, I would have, I would not have made a clear delineation between the two words, discipline and motivation. That is a non-trivial error. They are so radically different from each other that, that if you fail to understand that difference, I believe you will fail to achieve any objective that you set out for yourself. Oddly enough, this, there is a comparison to what I was just talking about here. Motivation is a bit like happiness. It skips by us, it flutters out the corner of our eye. It feels amazing when its, when its presence is, is strong, 
it's always going as quick as it came. You know this feeling. The, the quintessential example is the the New Year's Eve resolution. I am so motivated to run that marathon, get a new job, work up the confidence to ask Tina to go out for coffee, whatever it is. So motivated to do those things. It's an overwhelming sense of drive. looked at the numbers, if we ran the data, as to how many, how many dreams, objectives, ambitions, goals are professed as being so and never realised. Well, it, it cannot be that they weren't realised because the person lacked motivation, because they wouldn't have been established in the first time. In, sorry, it's a bit late. It wouldn't have been established in the first place. You cannot form an objective, a dream, a burning desire without that. At least that moment, several moments chained together of motivation. The reason they're not achieved, the reason they are routinely left unrealized is because an individual lacks discipline. Discipline is nothing like motivation. Discipline is not it's not furious, it's not violent, it's it's not a it's not a volcanic emotion in the way that motivation is. Uh, discipline is cold, still and merciless. Discipline is, is precisely the force that will keep you on the path towards your objective when the motivation becomes absent. And it will become absent. You, you'll have all felt this. It is, I think, the only remedy, the only combative force against the the magnificent ability we have to justify ourselves to ourselves. I've been a master of this throughout my life. I'm not, I'm not speaking from an ivory tower here. I've, I've learnt this difference because of my... Uh, the dreams and ambitions I've... I've set out in front of me and then failed to reach and in every case it's because I I thought or I allowed myself to believe that the motivation was enough it is not enough it is not enough anything that we we set out to do anything that is worth being called a dream or an ambition or, or even a goal or an objective it's going to require consistent, sustained, hard work. And the 
only force that is capable of getting that done is discipline. And that is because discipline works even when you don't want to do what you need to do. Discipline is exactly the agent that says to you in those moments, you knew this was coming. You knew that there would be the morning where it was too cold and you had too little sleep and you got too long a day ahead and you didn't get your running stuff ready. So just stay in bed. Discipline is what says, ah, I knew you were coming. I knew you would meet me here. going to do what I said I was going to do, in spite of your powerful, excuse me, in spite of your powerful justifications as to why it's okay that I opt out of the thing I said I was going to do. And the reason those, those justifications are so powerful is because in those moments, we'll stay with this example, of that 5am run we have we have lost sight of the of the ambition of the dream and all we can think about is the the cold and the discomfort and the length of the day ahead and the, and the shortness of the night before that's all we can latch on to in that moment we cannot have the vision that we had on birthday or on that Tuesday or whatever it, whenever it was that you set this down as something that you were motivated to do that strategic objective is totally lost and all you'll feel is the tactical moment that's where your emotion is that's where all of your psychology is orientated towards Discipline. Discipline is the force that will keep you on that path. And here's why a holiday is good for discipline. See, because life is so busy, it becomes becomes very easy, it becomes a matter of routine to slip into the tactical so to be dealing with the obstacle immediately in front of you perhaps considering the one behind to be deploying that discipline to overcome whatever it is that you're immediately faced with there's simply no time or maybe more accurately no energy for that strategic reflection, to go back and revisit that, that New Year's Eve moment, to go back and think about what it means to you to get to where you want to go. And in a strange way, it's these things that ignite discipline in those motivationless moments. 
beautiful thing about discipline is it doesn't it doesn't require that you unlike motivation it doesn't require that you keep the the, the strategic dream in your mind all the time it doesn't doesn't need that it simply requires that you stick to the plan that you do the things you said you were going to do that's a powerful force it's it's how i've got done it's it's how i've achieved everything that was worth me achieving it's not by jumping around and feeling motivated to do something about that cold merciless discipline but because we if you're moving along the path well because you become so focused on discipline because it is the it is the tool that keeps us moving forward it, it, it is it is the fire in the furnace We have so little time to to revisit that that strategic platform. That's what a break does. That's what a holiday does. That's what ten days of surfing twice or three times a day did for me. It gave me space and time to. think about the two seconds guys there we go what was I saying uh, it gave me space and time to think about the reasons I'm I employ that discipline. Think about the uh, the strategic plan, um, and that strategic plan, of course, it it informs the daily plan, which is which is executed on the basis of discipline. That that space and time it it allowed me to 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 get back to that um, to that New Year's Eve feeling to that uh, that sensation of knowing exactly why or, or, or to know what, what the motive is to bring this full circle to, to re-experience that motivation for doing what I'm, do- what I'm trying to do or, or, or getting done the, the things I'm trying to get done as if anyone uh, needs to be told that it's good to take a break but I thought I would I thought I'd take some time to underline exactly why for me um, because I'm someone who is I'm 
I'm sharply focused on. Let me just turn this off. I'm sharply focused on the that strategic objective or the strategic objectives that I have. Uh, that I I have a tendency to uh, to become lost in that uh, that daily process of maintaining the discipline, and uh, it, it, it must be. Um, must be why we need a word like soul, um, because I, I, it's good for the soul to, to step back from that for a brief period of time. Um, and uh, this is, I suppose, I'm, I, another reason I wanted to talk about this is because this is something that is a, it's a, it's a new reality to me. I, I, it's only over the last couple of years that I've, I've started working this out that you can't. Uh, you can't drive with your foot to the floor all the time. Uh, things go wrong with engines when you do that, uh, and they likely never arrive at the, the destination they set out for. So that was it, my friends. Um, I think I covered just about everything. Uh, spent way too much time talking about nylon. But I will speak to you soon. Take care of each other. Uh, be good if you want to uh, have a chat with me at all on Instagram at UKCopPodcast dots between the words um, like, share, subscribe all that good stuff and I am, as you can probably hear in my voice I am done for the day so I'm going to go and crawl into bed somewhere bye bye folks <laughs>